Welcome! <laughs> Hi, welcome back to the Fat Bitch segment. I'm Courtney. <laughs> I'm Kate. Uh, happy the day after Halloween. So technically, technically, technically. Okay. I was like, "What are you saying?" I hope everyone had a blessed Samhain. Yes, I hope your Samhain was blessed. Happy Dia de Muertos today. Oh, that's today. Yes, it's today and tomorrow. Anybody celebrating that? I hope it's lovely and yeah. So remind me, that's like honoring your ancestors. Yeah, similar to Samhain, it's honoring the ancestors. Everybody says Dia de los Muertos, but I remember learning somewhere that that's not the proper way to say it, that it's just Dia de Muertos. Oh. Anybody who speaks Spanish or celebrates it, let us know. So monarch butterflies are used in the iconography of it. They're just part of the celebration of it. And it's because when monarchs do their migration, they, you know, start up like around here, but then they migrate down to Mexico and stuff for the winter. And that's where they do their breeding and stuff. But around this time of year... In Mexico, it's when all the monarchs are arriving into their city. So there's all these, well, it would, in a perfect world where there isn't climate change and terrible pollution, it'd be thousands and thousands and thousands of monarch butterflies flying into the city. And they considered it their ancestors, like the spirit of their ancestors coming back to visit. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. It's really beautiful. I like that a lot. Yeah. Just a little lesson there. Sorry at the beginning. No, I love it. I always get my (laughs) random facts from you. (laughs) I know. I have so much useless information all the time. No, I love it. It is useful. So uh, regarding my episode last week, I just wanted to correct myself a little, but also talk about how one of our favorite podcasts, Morbid, also covered Rachel Stavis, but they oh, interviewed yeah. her. They did an interview, yes. Yeah. And actually, I was a little nervous at first, but it was so... It was, what's the word I'm looking for? It coincides so well with our episode. Yeah. Because we did the the background of her story and did her book, and then she kind of just like answered some questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I like how they expanded on stuff, and she talked a little bit more about what she's been doing recently. Yeah. I don't know. I just, it was really cool. But yeah, at first when I saw it, I was like, oh my God, I'm, there's no way I could compare to Yeah. Elena. No, it was, it was completely different. And yeah. And that's yeah. what was so cool about it. Cause yeah. you could, you could listen to our episode and then listen to theirs and yeah. like get such a good coinciding like yeah. perspective on it. No, yeah. it, it it worked out really well. Yeah, and ours goes into, like, Rachel Hurt as a person in the book she wrote and yeah. where they were doing their interview. I don't know. It was, it was cool, though. It was fun to listen to it. I loved yeah. it. So, hell yeah, morbid. Got to hear her elaborate a little bit more. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the 2B thing throughout our episode, I kept calling it celebrity exorcism, and it's celebrity exorcist. <laughs> So, you know, I just wanted to correct that. Oh, yeah, the show that we watched. Yes, the documentary thing. When I was talking about the higher entities and your spirit guides that protect you, I kept saying that your ancestors were like higher beings in you, but they're not. They're because they're just they're passed on loved ones. So it's just another it's a human soul. So they're not higher than us. They're our ancestors are still just 
they're not I shouldn't say just because they're they help us yeah but they're our passed on loved ones they're not a higher entity okay um, I see what you're saying like the ascended masters such as Jesus and Buddha and you know yeah Archangel Michael yeah and Kali and you know touched on that and then (laughs) when I was editing the episode we made a joke about sexually transmitted entities about the uh the Clives yeah and it, I just thought it was really funny because you suggested to make sure that you take selenite to your sexual encounters. And oh, then yeah. I was, which is fine, but I'm like, and yeah, maybe condoms too. And I'm like, why did I, I don't know why I think sick of selenite and <laughs> cut them tentacles like, right off. Yeah, again, we. St- and condoms. And condoms. Wear, wear condoms. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah okay i don't know this let's is not see a pg rated oh yeah no so <laughs> i guess that's all i had I to guess. say though get your tarot deck out what's going on oh so okay me and my tarot deck apparently don't have a good relationship right now because i did not understand what the fuck it was telling me <sighs> i haven't picked up either of my decks in so long yeah aaron suggested that i carry it around with me and just keep it with me and like have it pick up on my energy again so i've been carrying it around with me all day i think it's mad at me i haven't oh okay (laughs) because i thought you were gonna like pull a card no i mean we could pull cards but no it's just because i want it to remember who i am Mm -hmm. i totally get that i need to start reading my cards again my spiritual practice is like slacked hardcore so bad (sighs) me too let's talk about the new feng shui in my bedroom because i'm really happy that we turned the desk the other way me too and we're like now facing each other and you can see my poly d sticker yes i can look at poly d and your sexy mushroom girl (laughs) yeah and your sexy ladies on your computer also i it's just i feel like the conversation's flowing a little bit easier because i'm actually looking at you in your face (laughs) yeah we're not like facing the wall like reading my or reading my thing and then then turning around and then yeah good times good times i've had this desk since i was 12 so gotten a lot of good use out of it this was back when they still made good furniture that's not freaking cardboard oh my god we sound like those people (laughs) back when i was a kid actually no these the cardboard the cardboard shit started when we were kids back when i was a young whippersnapper a young whippersnapper okay (laughs) <laughs> Should we get into it? Yeah. Do you have anything else to say? No, I think that's good. We've been bullshitting for 10 or 11 minutes now, so okay. let's get into it. <laughs> I, tell me all about your Mad Witch of the Week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bullshit a little bit more. I'd like to say that this is a woman that was suggested to me by my brother, Kyle, my older brother, Kyle. Yay! And this is the text I got. Since you want to discuss women of pop culture doing shit they probably shouldn't have been, but we're glad they did, you need to research Lucille Boggan. She's a dirty bird. Oh my god, a dirty bird. I love it. Um, And I've never heard of her, other than the little bit you've mentioned. I've got some good support from the older brothers. I was at Ryan's the other day. My brother just followed our Instagram, too. Uh, Yeah. 
brothers. <laughs> I love my brothers. Anyway, shout out to Kyle. This episode's for you. Uh, I was supposed to put a disclaimer on this. So this episode is rated extra dirty for adult language and some would say vulgar descriptions. Ooh. I think my parents would really like this episode. I'm going to make them listen to it. So when I was researching it, a lot of the articles that I found actually started by talking about the song WAP. Okay. Yeah. If anybody doesn't know, it's Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. It was released in 2020. So WAP is... I'm thinking of the Jersey Shore episode where that girl was like, I've got WAP. Did you see that episode? No. Oh my God, you gotta go back <laughs> oh and watch God. it. They're trying to find Ronnie, a, a lo- like a lady. <laughs> And this chick's like, I've got WAP. And then he's like, I don't know what WAP is in the like interview. They're like, and they told him and he's like, what? I hope you leave that in. Yes. It's no secret that women in society and music have been held to a different standard than men artists. They're expected to be submissive, housewives, not really playing much into their sexuality. So when WAP came out, A lot of the emphasis on the raunchy lyrics and sexually explicit music video and how appropriate it was came out in the media. However, if you look closer, you see in the video that there's just many beautiful women embracing their beauty and showing, you know, that there's no need to hide your desires. There are people, too, that have needs. And there was, like, a lot of empowering. Yeah, there's a lot of empowering performers on it dancing and being hot and talented yeah and just embracing it in an article by brianna hold from complex she explains why these songs are so important both cardi and megan are powerhouses of female sexuality independence and dominance in a male-dominated genre that is often criticized for misogynistic wordplay towards women The two rappers have never shied away from taking back the narrative of femininity in hip-hop, and during a time when black women have taken to social media to advocate for their protection and support while basking in their blackness, the music video couldn't be more timely, end quote. Beautiful. However, some people do not find it empowering, especially political figures. At the time when the music video came out- Then don't listen to it. Yeah, exactly. Don't watch the video. Don't listen to it. Don't let your kids watch it. Like, whatever. Yeah, then, you know, then they'll still still watch it and they'll still listen to it. Yeah, it's art. It's an (laughs) expression. Especially if you tell them you can't. (laughs) Yeah. Political candidates like U.S. House candidate Angela Stanton King and former congressional candidate Deanna Lorraine felt the music video's message promoted aborted babies and organ harvesting while setting the entire female gender back about 100 years. What? Okay. What in the music video even remotely implies that? (laughs) So I will say this. I... I, okay, I haven't seen the music video in a very long time, and I just remember it being people dancing. I don't remember any fetuses. Okay. And and this is the thing. I will say this. I actually didn't watch it. Okay. Because it's not my jam, and this was kind of an intro to it, but I should have watched it. Yeah. Should we pause and, like, watch it? Yeah. Okay. Hold yeah, on one moment. Right. All right, we're back. We just watched the video. Yeah, I had to watch the video because I actually... I don't know. I'm, I'm not a fan of the song, but after watching the video, it's kind of a creative art piece. I like it. And the only thing I was concerned about were the 
the tigers and the leopards and hopefully that they were cgi <laughs> yeah that they were green Which screen they were. or something because i'm sure they were animals but aren't props she said the message promoted aborted babies in oregon harvesting and i don't nope. see that just looks all. like a bunch of gorgeous women looking hot and dancing and yeah and being saying talented that they don't and cook and clean for men but yeah which the, is the most offensive thing apparently yeah. these days like god forbid but you know if a guy says he doesn't cook and clean he's just a guy it's just fine <laughs> get in the kitchen bitch <laughs> i mean i believe in partnerships so i believe in yeah. just both people it's not tit for tat it's just like yeah exactly your partners <laughs> Anyway. So she also explains in her article that a politician, James P. Bradley, went so far as to claim that Cardi B and Megan the Stallion are what happens when children are raised without God and without a strong father figure. Oh, my God. Okay. Also, he's just mad he got a boner. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's just mad. He, he probably jerks off to the video. That's oh, yeah. the thing. Oh, like, yeah. The absurdity of this. And I'm sorry. I'd rather my... I'd be safer my kids hanging out or, like, watching this rap video than them going to church yeah. most of the time. Uh, like, yeah, a lot of churches are really fundamental and it's scary. Yeah. Like, I don't... You're in a cult. And, like, friends to anybody who's... Oh, yeah, know, yeah. I, we have friends that... It's not that. It's yeah. just the extremists, as we all know. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. I believe in sexual freedom and... I think the other reason it's he also said this is because, especially, apparently, Megan's father passed away when she was 15. So he's saying she didn't have a father figure. But, like, whatever, dude. And look at how fucking much money she has and yeah. how... She pop, don't need like, you, She's bro. a bad bitch. She's yeah. getting shit done. So. Exactly. They just don't like seeing women empowered, and they don't like seeing especially black women empowered. Yes, exactly. Unfortunately, in this country, it's just a On reality. On the other hand, she reminds readers that many bands have used sexually explicit lyrics all the time in their music videos. Oh, my God. Her examples are, like, Leonard Skinner, George Michael, and Pearl Jam. And I'm thinking of, like, a lot of other rock bands that do the same thing. Oh, yeah. You know, Motley oh. Crue. Well, so everybody. many of their songs are about having sex with underage sex girls. Drugs. Yep. They talk about sex, drugs, partying. Regardless, this isn't anything new. Women talking about sex and expressing themselves is not new. WAP has actually been compared to songs written by a woman in the blues scene in the 20s, Lucille Dirty Bird Boggin. Her song Shave Em Dry is the song that most people mentioned when talking about the lyrics being too out there but all her other songs are just as risky if not more so she leaves little to the imagination of what she's singing about this <laughs> is a legacy of lucille dirty beard boggin lucille anderson was born on april 1st 1897 in amory mississippi Every source that I found said that there was really nothing known about her childhood. I did find that her father was a railroad worker and that she liked to sing in an early age. She moved to Birmingham, Alabama to pursue her blues career and she married in 1915 at the age of 17 to a railroad vermin named Nazareth Lee Boggin and gave birth to a son, Nazareth Jr. in 1916. Some sources say she had two children. I don't know. It's it's so weird because every other article I found gave a little bit of a different timeline and like a little bit of just different facts. So mm -hmm. 
So don't come at me if something's wrong. I mean, <laughs> let me know. Let me know, like, I like to be corrected because I'm trying to figure out, you know. But anyway, she started her career in the vaudeville scene and enjoyed the scene, but she said that she craved more from her music. And vaudeville is a theatrical genre of variety entertainment, which began in France at the end of the 19th century. A vaudeville was originally a comedy without psychological or moral intentions, just based on comical situations, a dramatic composition, or light poetry interspersed with songs and ballads. She began performing in bars. Teresa Ganargura, I'm not pronouncing that right, wrote an article about Lucia Boggins called Lucia Boggins' Dirty Revolution. And she said this so nicely that I just wanted to quote her. In the after hours, when bars were smoky from cigarettes and the mood hazy with strong liquor and limp inhibitions, Boggin would take the stage and sing you all the way to bed. If you wound up there alone... It was no one's fault but your own. With Boggin on the mic, lust was inevitable, consent unnegotiable, and ecstasy the end goal. I'd really like to believe that she never had bad sex. Ooh. (laughs) Lucky lady. So a little history (laughs) on the development of blues. It started in the southern U.S. after the American Civil War between 1861 and 1865. Country blues during this time came from the spiritual songs often heard among black field workers in the South. Musicians would use anything they could get their hands on to make instruments, such as a metal cigar box or a plank of wood for an acoustic guitar and out-of-tune pianos. Many blacks migrated from the south to the northern states to find work and escape the white backlash of the south after post-reconstruction. And those were laws written called the Black Codes, which were designed to restrict freed black people's activity and assure their availability as a labor force. These repressive codes enraged many in the north, including numerous members of Congress, which refused to seat congressmen and senators elected from the southern states. Hmm. In an article, History of Blues by Mark McCline, he wrote, the blues is the most important American music in the 20th century. It led to jazz and in the UK, the great blues revival of the 1960s. But because of racial divide in America, most Americans were unaware of the important part of musical heritage. So Boggin, she recorded a song called Pawn Shop Blues in 1923 at the age of 30 in Atlanta, Georgia with pianist Henry Collins. At this time, she was the first black blues singer to record out of New York City and Chicago. It was still in a more vaudeville style and comedic and not as racy as she was about to be in her later recordings. She received her first recording contract in New York City with Oaken Records. Then in 1927, recorded at Paramount Records and Brunswick Records alongside blues guitarist Tampa Red, Boogie Woogie, and pianist Cow Cow Davenport. This is when her lyrics became a little more risque. Boggin songs contained lyrics about her time in sex work, adultery, promiscuous sex, 
lesbianism, and heavy drinking. Songs like (laughs) Sloppy Drunk Blues and Tricks Ain't Walkin' No More. It was a song written because of, which I'll get into a little bit more later, but the Great Depression. She was working as a sex worker and Mm -hmm. it was hard to find work because people didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. Tricks ain't walking. In 1933, she changed her name to Bessie Jackson when she moved back to New York, and it was said she changed it to hide her identity. Teaming up with pianist Walter Rollenbagen, she signed a contract with American Recording Company. There she recorded Shave em Dry. <laughs> The one version of the song was supposed to be just for friends, and the other was said to be a little more PG. In the more explicit version, you can hear her laughing partway through the song, which was the version you could hear on the jukebox, like a little more risky places would play it on the jukebox. They did not renew her contract after it expired. Aww. (laughs) Probably because of the lyrics. Yeah. This genre that she was working in was called Dirty Blues. And she recorded over 100 songs between 1933 and 1937, including some of her biggest commercial successes. Seaboard Blues, Troubled Mind, and Superstitious Blues. So she had the normies clutching their pearls and holding on to their husbands. Of course. (laughs) We were going back and forth if we should play a little bit of clips from her songs but we didn't want to infringe on any copyrights yeah so i'm gonna sing a little bit well not sing but well (laughs) i don't know maybe i'll put a sing on it but this is one of the lyrics from shave them dry my back is made of whalebone and my cock is made of brass and my fucking is made for working men's two dollars great god round to kiss my ass Whoa, woo, daddy, shave them dry. Oh my god, I love it. Is any of her music on Spotify? Courtney King, I sung that in your voice. Oh my god. <laughs> Friend uh, of the pod. What did you say? You can find it on YouTube and stuff. Oh, I didn't know if you could find it on Spotify. Well, YouTube's fine too. I was just curious because... Because we might be able to upload it from Spotify and like... No, um, oh. just because I wanted to link her music... Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, no, it's uh, on. so people could, if they wanted to actually listen to her, know where to find it. But I could probably link it to a YouTube clip, too. Yeah, definitely. And it's funny, I read some of the YouTube comments. And it was like, imagine giving your grandmother the ox chord and she plays this. <laughs> Another yeah. one says, this is true gospel. Take me to church, Lucille. And there's another one that says, this is why my grandmother had 15 kids. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Especially at that time that she was doing that. People always think that back in, you know, a hundred years ago, basically, that everybody was (laughs) basically like 90 something years ago, but you know, everyone everyone was so much more prude and everybody was so much more like classy yeah like a you know the whole back to a better time and it's like no people have always yeah sex is a part of human life yeah and we've always done shit to get ourselves riled up yeah you know know? i don't know okay so this is this one is my personal favorite it's called pot hound blues You come every day looking for your stew and beans, and you have got more nerve than any pot hound I've ever seen. Now you take your money, you have your fun, you don't have nothing, 
when house rent come. <laughs> and I'm through cooking your stew and beans. And you can eat more neck bones than any man I've ever seen. This woman is amazing. I, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, she's funny. <laughs> it gets it gets a little more riskier than that. I like I don't know why I didn't put more lyrics in here. It's so hard to find stuff from back at that time. I know. And so the discrepancies on like back and forth of the dates and the times. It was I'm not a professional um, <laughs> We're still researcher. Learning. It's episode eight. <laughs> one day, one day I'll be as good as Marcus Parks. Goals, goals. Yes. They know I'm a bitch from Baltimore. I got hairs on my cock that will sweep the floor. <gasps> I've got spunk from them hairs that would shut they do. <laughs> and I look over your hand seeing I'm a bitch from Baltimore. Oh, talking about bitch from Baltimore and I got hairs on my cock sweep anybody's floor. I got a big fat belly. I got a big broad ass. Ah! And I I can fuck any man with real good class. Talking about fucking, talking about grinding baby all night long. And I can do it to you, honey, until the cows come home. Oh my god. Wow. She's amazing. Yeah. During the 1930s Great Depression, as unemployment rates soared and people began to have an interest in urban living and financial independence, there was a hysteria that arose as Americans feared that women, especially black women, would turn to sex work even more. Her songs were brutally honest and genuine. She spoke out about encounters with violent men, as well as the struggles of minorities, including the LGBTQ community and the black community. This was during a time when segregation was such a thing that would this type of talking out would result in arrest or violent angry mobs. And this made Boggan's lyrics even more controversial. Clearly Boggan didn't mind. She wanted to stand up for what she believed was right. I, I love her. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Stephen Duffy wrote in an article, The Life of Lucille Boggan, Blues Women Extraordinary. Lucille Boggan was a pioneer and revolutionary. Her music and outspoken honesty in the face of discrimination and possible abuse at the hands of society that openly oppressed black people, women, and those who would now be accepted as part of the LGBT community as inspirational. Her marriage ended in 1941, and she followed her son to L.A. to manage his blues band, Boggins Birmingham Busters. And she went with the company of her common-law husband, James Spencer, who was 22 years younger than Boggin. Oh, wow. Damn, Cooper over here. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> it was said that she also had many liaisons with different men and women, however. Oh, well. I, you know, good for her. Yeah, right? <laughs> she lives in Somebody needs it. <laughs> According to American blues scene, Boggan stopped recording in 1935, but she seemed to be still writing. There's a Texas blues singer, Smokey Hogg. He released a song called Gonna Leave Town. And on the specialty label in 1949, a tune that was written by Lucille Boggan. Lucille passed away at the age of 51 on August 10th, 1948 of a coronary sclerosis. Oh dear. She was buried at Lincoln Memorial Park in Carson, California. There's dispute on where, since no headstone was placed in the park at the time of her burial, but there is one there now. 
2022, Lucille Boggan was inducted into the Blues Hall of Fame in Memphis, Tennessee. Oh, good. The citation noted Boggan recorded some of the most memorable blues songs of pre-World War II era, including some that were landmarks in blues and some that continue to sensationalize her reputation decades after her death. Boggan boldly pioneered pro-feminist territory by not only bringing issues relevant to women to the masses through entertainment, but also by using her music to cross the racial divide. Aw, yeah. Yeah. So then I put a little, and that is Lucille Boggan, Bessie Jackson, whatever she wants to go by. And then I just put a little side note how society has honed so much in on lyrics to still to this day i mean every other display i went to at the rock and roll hall of fame was people burning albums and people protesting albums and you know eminem even spoke out about the parental advisory sticker you know? yeah i and i'm like it's and even the satanic panic they were like oh this music is devil's worship well you know, except for that heavy metal band we talked about last week. <laughs> oh my god. That had an entity attached yeah, to them. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but they went over to like, you know. Uh, no, but it's also, it's the difference too in how vulgar music is treated depending on who's creating it. Exactly. And that's why I talked about WAP in the beginning. Because it's Yeah. Like, I can think of so many, so much redneck music mm. that is... That I heard at too young an age. Sorry, parents, it's true. Yeah. And it's like, they said the raunchiest stuff in it. But you don't see anybody writing to Congress about whoever the fuck that redneck is. I can't oh, even yeah. think of their names. No. Like No, because they stand around with flags. And they're like, oh, we're flag oh. people, man. Flag people. They're as bad as tarp people. <laughs> you don't need a tarp under your tent. <laughs> My favorite story is when, okay, my first burn CD was Eminem, and I found it on the side of the road. I tell people this all the time. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't even like the actual Eminem CD was a burned Eminem CD. It was a burned CD. Eminem CD. <laughs> yeah. I found it riding my little bicycle on Cadman Drive back from my friend's house, and I loved it. And Drug Ballad was my favorite song. I used to play it on my PlayStation, like dance around to it. I didn't know the no idea what it was about it was all about fucking doing drugs and drinking and this and that well it's called drug ballad yeah (laughs) well what is it that ludicrous song the well this is the thing so then my grandfather who had no idea buys me the curtain call cassette tape by eminem oh my god the parental advisory sick on it and my mom sees it and we're in the backyard i remember this so vividly and she takes it and she's like are you allowed to have this and then she just handed it back to me (laughs) i was probably like 12 or 13 but i don't it's the thing is kids have no idea what they're saying until yeah. later. It's the same thing with movies. Yeah. I So watch... much shit flew over my head yes. as a kid that now, and I'm like, oh, and they people have no are idea. like offended by it. Like, yeah. oh, I can't believe they're putting Just because you notice it, your kid's not going to fucking notice yeah. it. Yeah. You like, there's movies I've watched years later and I'm like, oh my God, that dude's smoking a bong. Yeah. I had no fucking idea. Yeah. Hilarious. Or that guy's high or, yeah. or whatever. And also just the silliness of like the way, ooh. <laughs> I got the, my phone. <laughs> the way 
weed and alcohol the way they're portrayed in the media and the difference oh my between God. the two. Right? When alcohol is so unbelievably damaging to people and lives and families. That was Lucille Boggan, Bessie Jackson. She's a bad bitch and we love Beautiful. her. Check her out. Check thanks, out her music. Yeah, thanks Kyle for suggesting it. Yeah, it was awesome to hear about her. I love a dirty bird. If there was nothing else had to say about that, I forgot to say it at the beginning because we started talking about the Dia de Muertos, but it's also Native American Heritage Month. Oh yay. So Good. in you know, in America here we celebrate Thanksgiving in the irony of what we've done to yeah, the indigenous people of this fucking stuff. continent is yeah. horrific. So in honor of that, I'm going to be telling a special story about an indigenous person Yay. to our country next week. I'm Good. excited. I'm excited for that too. Yeah. I'm going to say it here. Cease fire in Gaza. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Let's stop. I don't. I'm, I don't want to... There's too many children and innocent people and creatures. It's absolutely horrifying. That are dying. And I didn't realize I had the stomach for what I had the stomach for. But I've seen some really horrific things. And yeah. not to go deep into it. Um, I, you know, I, I covered Layla Khaled for a reason. And, yes. you know, again, being against this war isn't being anti-Semitic because I love everyone and I don't want anybody to hate on Jewish people for the actions of the people who are running what's going on in Israel right yes, now and exactly. the actions that the people in our country who are contributing to that mm-hmm. and the unfortunate reality that our tax money is paying for it. Yeah, that's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Our tax money always going to war and shit. Like, I'm all, I'm Yeah, so but tell it. us that we can't fucking have health care one more time. Yeah, yeah, or school supplies. Yeah, or proper pay for teachers or... Or health care for or, or, um, children. Education. Um, lunch in schools. Like child care for like working women. Kids, like, are in debt for their lunches at schools yeah, in this country. It's a, yeah, and we're, and we're, like, actively killing children right now. So, sorry, guys, that got real dark. <laughs> Let's it. Do we have a good note to end it on? Okay, to end it on a good note. Um, uh, the impending doom. Well, my cat Lucy is in here. Lucy, do you have anything to say? Why don't you come up to the mic and say that? Tell us all about it. You guys, I don't hurt my cat. No, she's just she's just crazy like that. Yeah. Anyway, that wasn't that feel good of a moment. You know, you know, just take care of yourselves, guys, and call your representatives. Yes. Vote. Vote. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to your neighbors, your friends. Coexist. And stay bad, bitches. Yeah, stay bad. Love you all. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. Follow us on Instagram, Spotify, all All that jazz. And please give us a five-star review and tell your friends about us. Yes, please. Thanks. Goodbye. (laughs) All right. Bad Bitch segment is written and hosted by Kate Salamone and Courtney Janicki. Sound editing by Courtney Janicki. Podcast art by Laura Grote at LA Promotional Design. Intro and outro music by Alexi Action. Follow us on Instagram at Bad Bitch Segment. Listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. <laughs>